Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. For you. All right, are you ready to get into the word this morning? A few of you are ready. Are you ready to get into the word this morning? All right, the book of Ephesians chapter 6. We started with this last week. We're continuing on. Paul writes this letter to this church, and he says this, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. The enemy has a strategy. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Oh, the enemy that you think you're fighting isn't the enemy that you're really fighting but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, since you're in a fight that's different from the fight that you think you're in, do this. Put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in times of evil. And then after the battle, you'll do what? You'll be standing firm. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news, so that you'll be what fully prepared. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So armor up, and when you're armored up, have your fully decked out in this gear, do this. Pray. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in prayers. For who? For all believers everywhere. Do this thing. Uh, Now turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 11. Paul first tells us in Ephesians here to armor up. And then this is what it looks like to armor up. And it it means praying. And then in Luke chapter 11, the disciples have this question about prayer, and it starts off like this. Now once, Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said this, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now Jesus said this, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food that we need. Give us each, give us each day the food. That, give us and forgive us of our sins. Bless the moms with crying babies. Come on, babe. Come on, we've all been there. We feel you. We're with you. It's all right, mama. And forgive us. And forgive those as we've sinned against those. And don't let us yield to temptation. And then this teaching them more about prayer. So in other words, oh, this is a lesson. A very specific question has been asked by the disciples to teach us to pray. Jesus says this prayer in answer to how to pray, and then he goes on to say this about prayer. Teaching them about this, he uses this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, and you wanted to borrow three loaves of bread, and you said to him, listen, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night because it's so hard to unlock a door. The door is locked for the night. 
And my family and I were all in bed, which you just woke them all up because you're yelling at them. We're all in bed. I can't help you. Hmm, interesting. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need. Why? Because of your shameless persistence. Come on, say it with me. Shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks find. Not just some, everyone. And everyone who knocks what the door will be opened. And you guys, you fathers, fathers, you mothers. If, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Only on April Fool's. Like, no, you don't do that. You don't do that. No, you wouldn't do that. If they ask you for an egg, would you give them a scorpion? Where do you even find scorpions? Apparently in the desert. Of course not. You would not do that to your children. So if sinful people like you, I love how Jesus just like, and you, you guys, sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen and amen. So we read this, and, and Paul addresses this letter. Uh, he gets to the end of it, and he says, like, this last thing, put on all of this armor. Why? So you could stand Firm, because it's the one thing we don't just want you to have a good start, we want you to have a good finish. Because you are in this army and you're in this battle, and you need to understand the battle and the fight that you are in is with an enemy that's different from the enemy that you think you're fighting. You think it's your neighbor, you think it's the guy down the street, you think it's your boss, you think it's someone else. But no, no, no. there's things that are going on that are deeper than what you could can see with your eyes. And so there's things happening in the spiritual places. And since this is happening, things you need to put on this armor of God. And so because you are in an army, and just like every army, you put on this thing. And then what do you do when you're all armored up? Well, armies do this. Armies march. How does the church march? Ah, Paul tells us you do it by praying. You pray continuously in all things, in every way, for everybody, for all of the believers. This is what we do. Because remember, there is an enemy, and he has a strategy to take you out. And so there's this idea of like, okay, we're in the army of God. We've got to learn how to pray. And then you're there, and then Jesus tells the story, and it actually sounds really familiar. Because if we were to reverse all the way to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, we hear something very familiar of what we just read. Now, this is a little bit different because this is the Sermon on the Mountain. It's a whole different context of a whole different group of people. Inside of this context, uh, there are Pharisees and Sadducees and believers and unbelievers and disciples are there. And so it's, it's a very mixed group, and he's giving the greatest sermon of all times. And this is right around the middle of it. And I'm going to be begin with verse 7. It might not be on the screen until verse 9, but it says this, because he addresses prayer specifically. And when you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. When you, when you think their prayers are being answered merely by repeating their words again and again, don't be like them. For the Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. Huh. 
The Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask, but you still got to ask. And so when you ask, pray like this. And here it goes, our Father in heaven. May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us of our sins as we've forgiven those who sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but do this, rescue us from the evil one. Oh, it sounds familiar. He says it again. And what's interesting, so if you're a disciple and you're there, and it says Jesus was in this certain place praying, and as Jesus prayed, the disciples are there and they're watching, and something's different from when Jesus prays and when I pray. And I don't know exactly what it is, but I know when Jesus prays, it's like, whew. And because even so, because there's this little, this little comment of like, Jesus, I need you to teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So this is, this is kind of 101. If you're going to follow a rabbi, the rabbi is going to teach you how to pray like that rabbi prayed. And so John taught his, and it's like, we're following you. You are our rabbi. Teach us to pray because we're missing something. We were there at the Sermon of the Mountain. We heard you say this, and surely, I don't know, something's just different. Have you ever had that moment where you're doing everything you're supposed to do, but it just ain't working for you? It works for everybody else. You hear the testimony, and everybody else says, oh, yeah, 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 it's good, and God did this, and God, and well, I did that, and it didn't work for me. And the disciples are looking at Jesus, and they're looking at John's disciples, and they're looking at all this, and like, we're missing something. Surely there has to be something more. So, Jesus, we need you to just teach us to pray. Now, there's all kinds of irony that starts in this moment, because when they say this, they're praying. When they literally, because think about it. They're talking to Jesus. So the very nature of the question is prayer. So when they say, teach us to pray, Jesus is like, congratulations. On what? You just prayed. We're communing. We're talking. There's something that's on your heart that now you're expressing to my heart because you feel like you're missing something. And if you're a disciple and you're hearing this and you're like, but surely there has to be more. Like, it, it cannot be that easy. Yeah, yeah, you did it again. We're just talking, we're communing this prayer. And then Jesus does this. This is where it gets crazy. And when you pray, pray like this. And then he repeats the words that he said in his sermon on the mountain. Now, this is crazy because when he said it on the sermon of the mountain, he says it directly in reference to saying, don't repeat yourself. Don't be like these other people. Do not repeat yourself. This vain repetition. But when you pray, pray like this. And so, okay, there has to be more. And so when Jesus says it, they go to him, teach us how to pray, and he repeats the exact same thing he said. But Jesus, you just said don't do that, but then you just did that, and then you told us that that was prayer. And it's not something. You're, we're missing something. And then Jesus goes even further to tell this story, which is a complete head-scratcher. Because you're like, wait a minute, hold on. If I'm getting the story right, and Jesus, I know I'm a little slow, but if I'm getting the story right, this dude's in need, and he's coming to this house, but his friend won't answer the door. Like, Jesus, if you're that guy, and we're learning about prayer, you're saying no. It's already too late. 
The doors are locked. Hold on, Jesus. I know I must be missing something because I know you're not like that. The hold on, wait, there, there, there has to be more. And here we find ourselves with not just a question, but the question. The question that every single one of us at some point in our lives will ask. And if you haven't asked it yet, you will ask it in the future. And that question is this. God, I don't understand you. God, I have no clue what you're doing here. God, it seems like I'm knocking on this door, but do you even hear my prayer? God, I'm in need, and I'm struggling, but God, where are you? Where are you, God, in all of this? And they're asking this question, and their life is just, I don't get it. I don't understand God. Do you hear me? And I think there's a little bit of like, have you ever read the Psalms? Have Have you ever read the man that is after God's own heart? Have you read some of the cries of his soul? God, where are you? My enemies are all around me, and it's like I don't know where you're at. God, my bed is soaking with tears, and you're not moving on my behalf. My enemies all around me, all of this. God, where are you? Do you even hear me? Oh, but we don't like to talk about that in church. Like, we have this kind of thing that, like, oh, no, 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 like, yeah, yeah, God, we, that's, that's not him. God, God, everything, he's good, he gives you exactly what you need, right? So you must be missing something. Ah, but what I love is Jesus fully embraces this tension. This tension of, oh, there's something that you don't understand, but you're trying to get to the end of it. Hey, and I'm going to tell you a story. And this story, even there's things about me that I'm going to teach you that you don't understand yet. Dallas Willard said it like this. What happens sometimes is we become so familiar with things that our familiarity breeds unfamiliarity. And then our unfamiliarity breeds contempt. Let me say that one more time. Dallas Willard. Our familiarity breeds unfamiliarity, and our unfamiliarity breeds contempt. What does he mean like that? We come, we can become so consumed with seeing things in a certain way and in a certain light that that's the only light that we could see them in. And so when there's something that's an outlier, when there's something that doesn't quite fit into our little box, we can't even recognize it anymore. And then when something happens in our life that seems to be an outlier and it doesn't quite work and it doesn't sound right, the thing that it beads in us is contempt of, God, where were you? You were supposed to work like this. You were supposed to, way, to work the way I, I wanted you to work and the way I thought it was going to work. And here's what happens. We, we look at this prayer, and, and sometimes we read it, and what happens is we turn it into this kind of template for how to pray. 
Because after all, Jesus says that when you pray, pray like this. And so, oh, we go in and we dive in and we get it line by line. And, oh, okay, there's four specific things and, and, and the kingdom of God and all of these things. And, and so we want to turn it into this template of prayer until something happens in our life that doesn't go with our template. Till all of a sudden, yeah, I'm crying, but enemies all around me, and it's, and it's not working, and I'm knocking at the door, and you're not entering. And, and I've become so familiar that now when something's unfamiliar, there's this kind of contempt towards you, God, because why aren't you working? Why, why is it? And here's what you got to understand. You cannot put God in a box. God is not this easy little formula that if you do step A, B, and C, then God will do this. It does not work that way. God doesn't say, oh, you do all this, you follow the formula. No, no, no. God's actually saying, like, that's the vain repetition. That's the thing of thinking that it's going to work like this every time, all the time, because you do these things over and over, and it's going to work. But here's what you've got to understand. I don't know what God's going to do next, and neither do you. You have no clue. Like, we want to act like we know. We act like, well, God's going to do this, and God's going to do that, and we have our five-year plan, and we have our 20-year plan, and God's going to do this, and God do that, until he does something that's different than what you expected him to do. And then all of a sudden, it throws us for a loop of like, whoa, 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 and God, it didn't fit into the formula. You're supposed to do these four things. You do them in a row, and this is the outcome. And here's the thing. While I don't know what God's going to do next, I do know this. Whatever he does do next is good. And he's working for my good. And even if I don't understand and I'm knocking on this door and it seems like you're ignoring me, I know there's something going on here and I need to learn this lesson. Because here's the thing, there's something that happens in the process that you can only learn in the process. Asking and seeking and knocking, there's something to learn. I want to invite my brother, to come on up here. Jump on this drum set for me. Best drummer in Brunswick County. When I was uh, younger, growing up, this dude would put on headphones and listen to music all day, every day. He would go to sleep and he would just kind of rock himself to sleep. And he would just, and he would find that rhythm, whatever he was listening to, and he would just go to sleep. And all the time, like, is something wrong with your brother? Why is he doing that? I was like, no, 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 he's just getting ready to go to bed. Just listen for a second. like that. Things are going so good. Just bought a new house. Little baby on the way. 
bank account's full. Then all of a sudden, kids grow up. School's back in session. And then you gotta go to the car rider line. Right? What, what is... What is all that about, God? It, it, it doesn't fit into my plan. Have you ever been in the car rider line? Come on, Jessica. You know what I'm talking about. You will lose your salvation at Shalope Middle School. Car rider line pickup. And you go to Walmart. And Lord Jesus, I need your help. Oh, like it just doesn't sound... And then you do your best, and then you come to church on Sunday. And... Then something else happens, and the doctor's report doesn't come back good. cancer is now on your lips. And she lost the baby four months along. And the new house just got foreclosed on. And God, I'm standing at your door and I'm knocking because I don't have any bread. But it's like you're turning me away. It's like everything was going good, but it's midnight in my life, and I can't make sense of it, and I know I'm being disruptive right now, but God, I need you to do something, because this part doesn't make sense, and you try your best, and it's been a while, and then you start to learn something new. whole point, Jesus loves jazz. <laughs> Here's the thing about jazz music. In jazz music, a good jazz musician knows there are no wrong notes. It's only how you react to them. serve a God who likes jazz. We serve a God who works all things. All things for the good. All things. Now here, stick with me with this teaching for a minute. Here's where it gets really interesting. When Jesus prays this prayer that he repeats, and there's a couple things 
that, that, that you need to know about this. Everything that he prays in this prayer is on the heart and the mind of every Jewish person. And so when they ask him how to pray, and when Jesus is teaching them how to pray, like, yeah, 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 there's rhythm, and, and, there, and you, you, you put this in the ah, but understand there's actually more going on. There's actually more going on. Because whenever you pray for the, the kingdom to come, oh, this is what every Jew is thinking about. They are waiting. We've heard story after story for your kingdom to come. As a matter of fact, it wasn't just them. It's us right now waiting for Jesus' return. God, that you would return. It's on our hearts and it's on our mind. God, when are you going to come? How is it going to let your kingdom come? Your will be done. And then he addresses these things, these food. I know you're thinking about your food. I know you're thinking about what you're going to have for lunch today. I know you're getting ready to have a fight with your spouse in the parking lot because you want Chinese and she wants Mexican. I know what's on your heart. Here's what it is. Give it to me. Give it to me. And your sins, all these sins, forgive, forgive the sins as I forgive those and you forgive other people. Like, I know that this is on your mind because I know you know how sinful you are. I know that you know you. And even if you think that, man, like, I know you're full of this sin, and so, I, man, there's forgiveness. But as much as we would like it to be this one-way street, God's like, no, no, you cannot separate the forgiveness I've given to you with your forgiveness to other people. It's not just about you and me and just loving Jesus. It's about loving your brother, too. And so I know that's on your mind. I know you have a hard time with, with maybe giving forgiveness or even receiving my own forgiveness. And so I pray what's already on your heart, give it to me. And, and then temptation, oh, I know that that's on your heart. I know it's all around us. I know you're the thoughts that you don't want anyone else to put on a megaphone so the world could hear. I know all those things. Here's what I want you to do. Give it to me. The kingdom, the holiness of his name, sin, Salvation, temptation, the food, all of these things, give it to me. Give it to me. And then he says this. All of these elements that I just brought up that's on your heart in this prayer, let me tell you a story. And in this story, Jesus addresses every one of those things. The kingdom come? When's the kingdom coming? Listen, I have this friend, and he's coming to town. And I need to be ready for him, because he's on his way, and he's here, and he's among us right now. Oh, this daily bread, he literally doesn't have any bread. We're completely broken. I've got to get some bread. Uh, forgive us. Or since this, this transaction, if it's not just my friend that's coming to town, but I also need my neighbor. I need you to help me. I know you have some bread, and I don't have some bread. So there's, there's, this, there's this trinity of things that are happening, answering within this parable, within this story. Don't lead us in temptation. It's midnight in this story. It's midnight. The temptation is, well, I knocked on the door, and then I just went away because he said no. It says that, no, that was it. The temptation is just to give up when things get tough. Maybe you didn't hear me. Maybe it, was, maybe it was something else. I don't know what to do. And Jesus says, listen, understand this. This is what prayer is like. This is exactly what prayer is like. Follow me, church. It's almost. This is a stretch. But it's almost like this. It's almost like we serve a God who knows what you need even before you ask. And when we ask, even teach us to pray, he 
boomerangs back what's already on our heart and already on our mind. So we have a God that says, I know what you need even before you ask it, but here's the thing, you've got to ask it. Why? If you already knew what we need even before, because there's something that happens in the process that this is the only way you're going to learn. You want me to teach you to pray like John did his? This is how we do it. We learn persistence. We learn endurance. You learn how to pray. You learn how to do these things with shameless persistence. Because there's a big difference between shameless persistence and vain repetition. See, I just repeated myself, but I didn't repeat myself for the sake of repeating myself. I repeated myself because I know what was on your heart then is still on your heart now, and I am shamelessly persistent in telling you these things. I need you to learn this lesson because this is how prayer works. You've got to ask, and you've got to seek, and you've got to knock because in the process of these things, it's not just about the thing you're asking for. It's what I'm doing in you. Now, I thought about how I could better even illustrate this. I was like, man, I could do the jazz thing on the guitar. But I was like, most people, like, a lot of people don't like jazz, which you should. Jazz is awesome. But what if, what if instead of just demonstrating this, I actually did it? There's this friend that has another friend that he goes to his house at midnight. I can do that. I could do that. So I was thinking, who should I do this to? Whose house, Paul, should I show up at midnight? And I thought, oh, hey, you guys, Alan right here. Alan's my buddy. We've been friends for like 37,000 years or something. And I thought, I'm going to go to Alan's house at midnight. And he's got five kids (laughs) and a brand newborn baby in the house. This is going to go over good. Because this will make a really good sermon point. And so I'm thinking about this, and I realize I better not do that. Although it would make my point better, I don't want Alan to get mad at me. Which is irony because it's actually the complete opposite of the point of the sermon. But I thought in my mind, if I did go over to Alan's house, what would it look like? And I think it would look something like this. Midnight, Alan! I know you're in there! I know you're, I know, I saw a light on! I saw a light on, Alan! Answer the door! I need some bread. I need three loaves of Wonder Bread. Three loaves. Go away, Lucas. Lucas, go away. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Alan, I need some bread, bro. Lucas, you don't need all those carbs late at night. I'm trying to help you out. Just go away. I'm not giving you. The door's locked. You're waking up all my kids. Lauren is going to kill you, bro. Alan, come on, I need some bread. Go away. I can't help you. That's what the scriptures say. Whoa. Now I have a decision to make. Two paths I could take. Path number one, Alan, I knew you were a horrible friend. I came over in my midnight hour when I needed you the most, and you can't even come and unlock the door for me. Alan, my my enemies are surrounding me on every side. Are you even moving on my back? I know there's a light on. I've heard stories of other people. I know you've given bread to other people. Alan, I don't even know if you exist anymore. 
How, how, can, I, how can I believe in you, Alan? Because I need you in this midnight hour. And I could go and spread and tell everybody else how Alan doesn't exist. Because Alan didn't work the way I thought Alan should work. Or I could do what Jesus says in teaching me about prayer and my relationship with the Father and understanding that I have a Father that he's not a genie in the bottle. And there's something, even though it ain't working the way I want it to work, he's going to teach me something in the process. And what he's teaching me is shameless persistence. So I could go home mad with no bread, or I could make sure Alan wakes up. (laughs) Alan! Alan! You got one of them ring doorbells? Dance in the front. You got some open windows. Come on, Alan. Send him text messages. I know you're in there. Shameless persistence. It's completely different from vain repetitions. It's completely different. Because here's the thing you've got to understand. Alan, if you don't open the door, we don't eat. Jesus, if you don't come through, we don't eat. Because you are the bread of life. And God, if you don't save me, I can't save myself. I could do all of these things, but Jesus, unless you show up. God, we can't do anything without you because there's people coming from the north and the south and the east and the west, but we don't have any bread to give. You are the bread of life. And I'm not leaving because, because if I don't, if I don't learn how to be shamelessly persistent. Somebody's life, and we don't eat. And he says, you've got to learn this, because remember, this is a battle. And Paul is saying to this church in Ephesians, you've got to learn, you've got to armor up. And when you've armored up, you just don't sit there. You pray because the real battle is going on in the spiritual realm. And if you want some food, you got to, no, 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 we're going to stay here until we get some food. I'm going to pray for this son. I'm going to pray for this daughter. I'm going to pray until they come back into the kingdom. I don't care what the situation looks like. I don't care if it's the midnight hour. That's what Jesus is teaching you. Come on, come on, church. Come on, Lucas. Persistent, shameless prayer. Why? Why? Because remember, you know all of these things even before I say them. Oh, because the answer is in the beginning. Why? Because your name is holy. And why is he coming to the door? Not for my sake, for his name's sake, because he is holy, and he deserves all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. And Jesus, you answer this prayer however you want to answer the prayer. And if you do something, if you play a note in which I don't think that's the right note, God, I know that you will make it good because you are good. Shameless persistence. Shameless persistence. It's not just who and what God's called us to do, it's who he is. He was shamelessly persistent for you. 
He stepped out of heaven and into humanity. He took on all the shame and all the sins, and he hung on that cross. And while we were yet sinners, and you know what? He's still up in heaven, sitting on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for me and for you, shamelessly persistent for me and for you because of who he is. Nothing to do with me and who I am. He is holy, and his arm is not too short. And so he says, you've got to learn how to ask, and you've got to learn how to seek, and you've got to learn how to knock. Sometimes we have not because we ask not. Sometimes we have not just because the prayer didn't get answered as soon as we thought it should get prayed, or as soon as we prayed it. God didn't move in a manner in which we thought he should move, and at some point we come to the realization that God loves jazz. He does things his own way, and there are no bad notes. How will we react to them, the shameless persistence? Or will we stay confined to our vain repetitions who put God in a box and says, well, God, we just do it step A, B, C, and D, and this is how you're going to work. Because if we're not careful, our familiarity will breed unfamiliarity, and that unfamiliarity will breed contempt. To no longer, because God didn't move how I thought he would move, I'm mad at God. Now we say we're mad at the church. We say we're mad at the pastor. We say we're mad at our neighbor. Ah, there's something deeper going on. Why? Because the battle isn't flesh and blood. And the enemies, he has a plan to take you out. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God has a plan to keep you in. Stand with me, please. Worship team, if you guys can come back up. The story concludes with this Fathers, parents, if you ask for something good, if your kids ask for something good, will you give them something bad? No, 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 no. you'll give them something good. You'll give them something good. Here is the, bre- the best bread of all. Are you ready for it? Jesus tells us, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. Because you're going to need them for all of those times where your rhythm of life falls off a beat and you can't see how God's working and the doctor's report isn't what you wanted it to say and things went south. We serve a God who said, you could come to me in your midnight hour. You could come to me when you don't deserve it. You could come to me when you're unprepared because I've got bread for you. How much more so will I give you something? Oh, an even better gift, uh, this Holy Spirit. Paul says, listen, may you awaken every day and put on this full armor of God. Why? Because you need it. You need it. You're going to need it five minutes from now. You're going to need it 30 seconds from now. bad times and the midnight hours and the beautiful sunny days there's this communal relationship with us and the father and our forgiveness and forgiving others and the reality is guys the only reason why we have any bread at all is because he gave it to us if you came to church this morning and if some way God blessed your heart it wasn't because I had anything to give you it wasn't because of the worship team, no, no, no. We can only give what's been given to us. 
and every good and perfect thing that comes from the Father, and He loves you. Let's pray together. Lord, as we as a church learn how to seek you, to ask, to seek, to knock, Lord, maybe some of us just need to repent for not being shamelessly persistent, for getting angry at you when you don't open the door right away. Lord, may we be shamelessly persistent in the knowledge that you are good. And if it's not good right now, that just means you're not done. And you're still working. And so we turn to you. And as a church, we echo the words of the disciples all of those years ago. Teach us servants are here. Teach us to pray. If you're in the room this morning and you don't know him, may today be the day of your salvation. May today be the day that you find yourself surrendering and running home to the Father. Because here's the thing, he loves you. It doesn't matter how mad you've gotten at him, It doesn't matter if you felt like you've been beaten down that door and God hasn't worked the way you thought he should work. I'm telling you, he will get up. He will, and he has, and he's moving on your behalf, and he is shamelessly persisting for you and for me. And there's a free gift that you can't earn this morning, and it's called salvation. Father's arms are open wide, and that's you, and you just know you need the Father. Shoot your hand up in the air where I can say, well, we could just shoot, we could just pray a prayer with you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm asking everyone in the place just to repeat after me. Lord God, I surrender. My life is yours. I am yours. You are mine. God, help. I believe. Help my unbelief. God, I may not know everything you're doing, but I know you're good. And so help me to stand strong against every attack of the enemy. And I ask for your Holy Spirit. Fill me up, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, guys. We have four people in the house. Come on, come on, come on. The greatest miracle that you'll ever see. Come on, come on, for Jesus, for Jesus. So good, so good. Hey, church, before we leave, I know I know everybody's going to hit up lunch. I know that's on your mind. There is some daily bread out there, don't worry. But before we get moving, let's take a few minutes and let's just worship together. Church, will you sing with us? Hallelujah. 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 Our God reigns. Hallelujah. 
one more time. Let's sing it together. Hallelujah. 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 We hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.